Hazard Audio. This week, the hosts are reunited as Matt and Steve get into the NBA, college football, NFL against the spread picks, and the World Series. It's right here. Sports appeal may contain explicit language. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is going to be a home run. I just know it because I can see into the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. going on everybody welcome to sports appeal you got your regular hosts steve gross matt axelrod back together for the first time in about three weeks really excited to get this going it's good to see you buddy yeah you too man glad to be back we had a whole string of of really awesome co-hosts filling in for you and i while we were away doing various things you went to a cubs game i went to a wedding but now we're back together go find us on twitter guys we're at the sports appeal we love to interact with you guys we've got some great tweets for you this week so send us your tweets for next week with us as always is our producer johnny five and we're powered by hazard audio this week's show we got nfl as we always do the nba has started super excited about hoops let's start with the world series it's the championship of baseball mets versus royals game one was last night Game two is going on right now. The Royals took game one in a mere five hours and nine minutes. Yeah, 14 innings. I have to say, I was really excited for this World Series coming into it. Figured it was going to be a really good matchup between two evenly matched teams. And game one definitely proved that so far. 14 innings of play. Finally ending in a walk-off sacrifice fly by Eric Hosmer. This is the third time in World Series history a game has gone 14 innings. 13 pitchers used in this one. The time before that, there were 14 pitchers. And the first time a game went 14 innings, I don't remember the exact year. It was like 1914 or something like that. Only two pitchers, one for each team, 14 innings, with the winning pitcher being Babe Ruth. That is a cool stat right there. And it is amazing the pitch counts that they racked up in those days. I mean, you'd have guys going 150 pitches almost every time out sometimes. In this game, we had 36-year-old Chris Young getting the win, the second postseason win of his career. 42-year-old Bartolo Colon takes the loss. Alcides Escobar, who's been absolutely on fire this postseason. On fire. Hitting inside the park home run on the first pitch of the game, and then he eventually scored the winning run on that sack fly, too. Yeah, and speaking of Bartolo Colon, there were a lot of excellent plays in this game, as well as a couple of very decisive errors in the game. But my favorite play of the game was Bartolo Colon fielding a sacrifice bunt to get the runner out at first. Bartolo looks spry. He's 42 years old. He's borderline morbidly obese. That dude jumps off the mound, runs to the ball, just easily lobs it over a first. Looks like a real athlete out there. Well, I mean, he's a perfect sphere, so he doesn't really have to run. He can just kind of roll over there. Not a big deal for old Bartolo. However, the Mets and the Royals, two really evenly matched teams. This is going to be a great World Series. The Mets starting pitching, the Royals bullpen, those are the two strengths of both of these teams. Neither team really hits for that much power. It's going to be great. I cannot wait to watch the rest of the series. Yeah, the offense, though, is pretty good on both of these teams. I mean, the Royals were doing it all year. The Mets in the second half were one of the top five offensive teams in baseball. Going back to that Royals bullpen, they actually broke the record last night for the most strikeouts by relievers in a single postseason. They have 71 right now, and the old record was 70, which was set by the Royals last year. So that really speaks to this bullpen and just how dominant they are. And as good as the bullpen was last year, 
It's bolstered even more by midseason acquisition Wade Davis, who's become their closer, and he is just dominant. Matt Hervey last night, only two strikeouts, matches his career low, which he set earlier this year in June. Not a great showing for him, but he was solid, but he didn't get the strikeouts, which shows how good the Royals are at just making contact on pitches in the strike zone. Yeah, Harvey still went six innings with three earned runs. That's fine. It's not great, but considering what you've got in yours, Familia, you just have to get through two more innings after that. Now, however, Familia did give up the game-tying home run, which I believe is the first earned run he's allowed all postseason. It was his first blown save since July, but the middle relief for the Mets is the issue. Their starting pitching has to be better. Matt Harvey was good, but not great. They need their starters to be great if they're going to win this series. Now, as some of you might have noticed, the NBA season also started last night. And in light of that fact, we are doing an all-NBA Tweet Zone. So with that, let's kick it over to Johnny Five for the Tweet Zone. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. For this Tweet Zone, we asked you to tweet in your bold predictions for the NBA season. Kicking us off is at TallMo09 saying, Derrick Rose will only miss five games this season. Ha! No way. Derrick Rose gets hurt every single year. He already got hurt this year. He broke his face in the preseason. He's not going to miss five games. He's going to miss way more than that. I know it. You know it. All the Bulls fans know it. There's no way this is happening. Absolutely. I mean, everybody knows it. Derrick Rose has missed at least five games every season since the 2011-2012 season. And then there was a 12-13 season he didn't play in at all. We know he's going to miss more games than that. I hate to say it. I'm rooting for the kid. Absolutely. But that's not happening. Sorry, Tomo. you got to take more time off than that if he wants to go to his kids' graduations. Low blow. <laughs> right at knee level. <laughs> and our next tweet, at B. Hannon. His bold prediction. The Knicks shock the world and make a run at a title. Hashtag, that was a joke. Hashtag, sorry, Steve. Hashtag, no chance. This is just me on Brian Hannon's part. I don't have words with him. He's right, though. <laughs> the Knicks are not making the postseason. I was actually going to make this one of my bold predictions. The Knicks are going to make the playoffs this year. And then Brian tweeted this, kind of taking a shot at me when he didn't even know I was going to say that. And then last night, Charles Barkley on TV said he guarantees the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. Charles stole my line. I just, Well, Charles Barkley is kind of a goofball sometimes, but he's usually a pretty good analyst. I got to disagree with him on this one. They just don't have enough going on, unless Kristaps Porzingis really is the real deal because pretty much you've got Carmelo Anthony and nothing else going for you, and so far, at least, not a good head coach. They've made a few good acquisitions in the offseason. Robin Lopez, Aaron Aflalo, Derek Williams. So I think these pieces are going to fit in a lot more with what Phil Jackson wants to do, and you're going to see a much improved Knicks team this year. And our final tweet, his bold prediction for the NBA season, at Mar- Mark Real. Victor Oladipo becomes an all-star, and the Magic make the playoffs. To be honest, I'm not sure how bold of a prediction that really is. Victor Oladipo is a pretty good player. Last year, he shot to a decent percentage, almost 44% from the field, 34% from three, for 18 points a game. He's still getting better. He has all the athleticism in the world. He's only 23 years old. I definitely expect to see big things from Oladipo. I'm not counting on him being an all-star, but that would not shock me. The biggest thing going against him is he's playing in Orlando, and Orlando isn't getting much attention. Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes this a bold prediction is there's only a handful of guards that actually make the all-star team. So that could be the one thing that makes this you know not true. There's some good guards in the East. Orlando has a shot at making the playoffs, though, and the East is really anyone's game. It's not a good conference last year, and it's not going to be because of Oladipo this year. It's going to be because... 
of rookie Super Mario, Mario Hazonia. This kid looks awesome. I've seen him play a little bit. He's athletic. He can shoot. He can defend. He's awesome. And don't forget about Nikola Vucevic. He has to be the most under-the-radar double-double machine in the league. He went for 19 points and 11 rebounds a game last year, so almost a 2010 player. And no one even talks about the guy because he's on Orlando. Vucevic is a fantastic center in the league. And there's definitely a good chance for parity in the East. Like I said, it wasn't the strongest conference in the world last year. Uh, you've got a few contenders that are going to make the playoffs. Cleveland, Chicago, Toronto, probably Atlanta and Miami. But there's going to be a few spots open to grab for these teams who are kind of near the bottom of, in that 7-8-9 area. Yeah, I definitely look to see Boston in the playoffs this year. But with that, we're going to take it to a break. When we come back, we're going to go over the NBA some more and talk about college football. Hey guys, it's Steve here. I know a lot of you have been wanting to try out DraftKings.com. Now is the perfect chance to do that. Fancy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. You just play whenever you want, pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Last year, $300 million were won at DraftKings.com, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. We did an all-NBA tweet zone, so we're going to continue talking some NBA. We were just talking about the Eastern Conference a little bit. Let's stay right there for now. Let's start with the Miami Heat. What do you expect from the Heat this year, Matt? That's a really good question. The Miami Heat are going to go as far as Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh will take them. Now, Bosh is still a couple years younger than Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade has had injury issues every year for the last several years. His knees are not what they used to be. But when he plays, he is still an elite player. And Chris Bosh is still a borderline superstar as well. And then last year, they picked up Goran Dragic. So along with Luol Deng, they're looking like a pretty solid team. Not any major difference makers like your LeBron, your Steph Curry out there anymore. But they are a very solid, well-rounded team. And they are well coached by Eric Spolstra. So expect them to do well. They also picked up Amari Stoudemire, who can provide some good minutes off the bench. And they have Rookie of the Year candidate Justice Winslow. Really excited to see what he can do because he has all the potential in the world. Yeah, in fact, Pat Riley had to be wetting himself when he saw that Justice Winslow was going to fall all the way to the heat at the number 10 pick because I expect him to be the best player out of that draft class. We have some known quantities in the East, like we mentioned, the Cavaliers, the Bulls. Let's talk about a young up-and-coming team, the Milwaukee Bucks. They get a full year out of Jabari Parker, Michael Carter-Williams. They just added Greg Monroe in the offseason. This team could be good. Not to mention Giannis Antetokounmpo. That dude can ball. Yeah, he is really good. Super athletic. They call him the Greek freak, and he really is a freak. He's like 6'10". He can shoot. He can jump. He's super agile. He can dribble, although he travels every time he dribbles, but they never <laughs> seem to call it. The guy has serious skills. It's called a Eurostep, Matt. It's not a Eurostep. He fucking palms the ball and carries it on every single dribble. <laughs> not in the NBA. It's a Eurostep. How dare you? All right, let's move to the Western Conference. Won by the Golden State Warriors last year. They've been one of the best teams in the West the last two years. Do you think they're going to be the best team in the West this year? No, I don't. The best team in the West this year is going to be the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. They still have Tim Duncan, and they picked up LaMarcus Aldridge in the offseason to go along with their core that's still intact and the best coach in the league, arguably the best coach in NBA history, in Greg Popovich. And they got David West for that ridiculous like $1 million contract that he signed. He gave up like $11 bucks 
to go play for the Spurs. The Clippers, I got my eye on them this year. You know, I was down on the Clippers last year. I'm always down on the Clippers because they do the same thing every year. Yeah, and then they pick up the corpse of Paul Pierce, and all of a sudden you decide they're for real. So I'm still having trouble following the logic there, but we'll see how it pans out. Well, they picked up another playmaker in Lance Stevenson, so we'll see if he can blow in someone's ear all the way to the championship. Well, yeah, if he is still a playmaker, he certainly wasn't last year. But the one thing they were missing was mental toughness, and Paul Pierce has that in spades. Him and Doc Rivers have a great history together. Paul Pierce can lift this team mentally and take them to the finals because they have all the talent in the world physically. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, they're a really good team. They just need that glue to keep them together, and Paul Pierce can be that. He's been that in the past, and he'll do it again this year. So that wraps up NBA coverage for now. Keep it right here as the season goes on. We're going to be talking some hoops all through the winter. Ball is life! You know where to find it, so come on back here every week for some hoops talk. But now let's move on to college football. You watch any good games this weekend? Dude, this Florida State-Georgia Tech game, unbelievable. Last week we had the Michigan-Michigan State game that ended with a botched punt, whatever you want to call it. And then this week, this game ended on a blocked field goal. Georgia Tech ran it back like 85 yards for the touchdown as time expired. And it gave us one of the best calls of the year in college football so far. Listen to this guy. Rubbed out, erased, and Georgia Tech with an opportunity. Austin still on his feet. One man. You can't believe what just happened. What a time to be alive. He is getting into it, but who can blame him? That was incredible. Absolutely was. This is a huge blow for Florida State. They were looking at winning the ACC championship. Now they find themselves behind Clemson all of a sudden. Clemson looks like a really good team. But if Clemson ends up losing a game this year, the ACC could miss out on the playoff completely. Yeah, that would be crazy considering you had Florida State in the championship bracket last year. And they won it all the year before. And then Clemson's been really good the last few years too. There's one other game that I watched that I really wanted to talk about, and that's Utah. They were top five team, even though there are a lot of stats that didn't really show that out. But they were finally exposed this week by USC, and they just took a beating. Yeah, number three ranked Utah got absolutely walloped by unranked USC, who came into the game at 3-3 three and three and just took it to Utah. USC is unranked, but they're not a bad team. They have a lot of talent. They have had some tough losses this year, but they are a decent team. Utah was exposed. They currently have the 41st best defense in the country and the 82nd best offense out of like 125 teams. That's not very good. So the fact that they were ranked third in the country was a bit of an anomaly, and we saw that come to fruition against the Trojans. Yeah, it makes you wonder how they managed to keep winning games despite having such pedestrian stats. In fact, they even had a win over Michigan in the first game of the week, and Michigan is starting to look like a real good team. Although, to be fair, Michigan, that was their first game under Coach Harbaugh, so they weren't quite as good as they are now. Right, and Pac-12 could also be in trouble of missing the college football playoff. Only two teams left that only have one loss, and that's Utah and Stanford. Stanford looks like one of the best teams in the country right now. We'll see what happens with Utah, but if either one of these teams loses another game, you could potentially see a Pac-12 champion with two losses, and they might be left out of the playoffs. So things are really starting to get interesting for the championship bracket. And on that Stanford note, Stanford's one loss so far comes to Northwestern, who actually got blanked by Michigan. So it just goes to show you, you never know what you're going to get in this league. And one last note before we go to break about college football. A very sad thing happened in the Baylor game this weekend. 
Uh, quarterback Seth Russell got a fracture in his neck. He was having a great season. He had 29 touchdown passes in seven games this year. He's going to be done for the rest of the season. Baylor's one of the best teams in the country. His replacement is a true freshman, so we'll see what happens with Baylor for the rest of the season. Your heart goes out to Seth Russell. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a heartbreaker when you see someone with all the potential in the world have that kind of cataclysmic injury. That's going to do it for college football. When we come back from our break, we're going to do our picks against the spread in the NFL and do sports madness. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com. Last year, $300 million were won, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. You're listening to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And let's get right into our picks against the spread for this week. So far this season, I am 12 and 6. You are 7 and 8. Not too bad. Our guest hosts are 1, 7, and 1. Matt Yost finally chalked up a victory for the guests this week. So I went 3 and 0 against the spread last week. So hopefully I can continue that this week. And I'm starting with the G-Men. New York Giants plus 3.5 at New Orleans. The Saints offense has looked better lately, but their defense is absolutely horrible. The Giants are a solid team on offense and defense. Give me the Giants plus 3.5 in Eli Manning's hometown New Orleans. Yeah, I actually was really surprised to see that line because the Saints are not good this year and the Giants are a pretty solid team. For my first pick, I'm going to take the Detroit Lions on the road at plus 5.5 at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Lions only have one win so far this year, but I'm not calling them to win this game. The Chiefs have been awful, and now they don't have Jamal Charles, whom they lost to a torn ACL. I will absolutely take the Lions at plus 5.5 in Kansas City. Seems like a safe bet. This game is in London, though. Crazy things always happen in the London game, so I would stay away. My second pick, taking the Tennessee Titans plus four at the Houston Texans. Now, the AFC South is just abysmal this year. They're the basement of the entire NFL, but Houston cannot score. Area Foster's out for the year. Titans plus four points. It seems like a lot. I'm not sure either team can score a lot of points, so I'll take the underdog all day. For my next pick, I'm taking your New York Jets, who are minus two and a half at the Raiders. Now, the Raiders are pretty decent this year, but the Jets are more than decent. They're a good football team. They just went toe-to-toe with the Patriots. They did end up losing by a touchdown, but that was a really fun competitive game, and it was in New England, so I feel very comfortable taking the Jets here. I have been a Jets fan way too long to be giving points on anything, so I'm not joining you on that pick. I will take the Vikings minus one and a half against the Chicago Bears, the only team that the Detroit Lions have beaten this year. So one and a half points at Chicago. I really like Adrian Peterson. Stephon Dix has been awesome. He's an unbelievable wide receiver. He's really emerged for this Vikings offense, building a good rapport with Teddy Bridgewater. And the Vikings defense is really solid, especially against the pass. Minus one and a half against the Bears. I will take the Vikings. The Vikings just don't impress me that much. I'm staying away from that game because I don't like betting on the Bears one way or the other. My fandom is going to cloud my judgment, but I expect the Bears to actually win this game. 
for my last pick, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers, who are laying three and a half points on the road at the Denver Broncos. Now, Aaron Rodgers has not won a road game against an above 500 team since 2012, but this is a different Packers team. They're very good. The Broncos are undefeated, but they are also unimpressive. So look for the Packers to come out and really stomp the Broncos here. I was surprised to see the line at only minus three and a half. I mean, the Broncos have a really good defense. They're having a hard time scoring on offense, as we talked about last week. But their defense has carried them to victories, and I have no idea what's going to happen in this game whatsoever. Packers are really good. The Broncos don't look good, but they keep winning. You have fun picking this game. I'm going to stay away from it completely. Okay, so with that, let's take it to Sports Madness. Sports Madness. Our first story is from Game 1 of the World Series. The Fox Network did a terrible job of producing Game 1 of the World Series. Power outage in the production truck, which led to the blue screen of death, which led to awkward announcers, which led to an international feed. In fact, you know what? Let's just check it out. Best new comedy, Rob Lowe and Fred Savage are all star. Hi, uh, we were having some technical difficulties at Eric Carroll's and Dontrell Willis here. Uh, as soon as those, uh, those issues are resolved, we'll get you back to Kansas City uh, as it stands right now. I don't think it's a weather problem because it wasn't raining at the time of this. We lost power to the truck, we're being told. Uh, but as soon as we regain power, uh, we will get it back to uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I don't know what Fox thought they were doing here. They've only had, what, forever to prepare for this. And they've only been broadcasting live sports on TV for decades. So I don't know how they got caught with their pants down like this. But this was bad. Whoa. This was really bad. And Twitter went on fire when this happened. On fire. Everyone jumped all over Fox right away and with good reason. This is unacceptable. The only good thing about it was we didn't have to listen to Joe Buck for about 15 minutes. Our next Sports Madness story comes to us from my Chicago Bears. They've been less of a dumpster fire this year than they were last year, <laughs> which isn't saying much. Woohoo! <laughs> but that whole dumpster fire mentality did kind of come back this past week where reports are that Jeremiah Ratliff came to practice inebriated, intoxicated on something. He was sent home, and then he came back, was sent home again, had words with general manager Ryan Pace out front of the facility in earshot of reporters, and it was all bad. He got sent home again. Eventually, the Bears called the police, who had to come in and escort Ratliff out of the practice facility because he was in no state to be there. He was scaring other players and coaches, just scaring everyone in the building. Not a great move by Jeremiah Ratliff. If you want to lose your job, then go ahead and get all fucked up and go confront your boss because I guarantee it's going to work. Especially if you do it in front of reporters, the cops get called. I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah, I actually had a coworker at a job one time come in to work drunk and pick a fight with the boss, and that didn't work out any better for her either. She was fired too. Shocking, I know. Now, to the Bears' credit, Ryan Pace did the right thing and got rid of him right away, as opposed to Phil Emery last year when Jeremiah Ratliff got into a fight and, in fact, shoved an assistant coach onto the ground. Uh, and then Mark Tressman actually made Ratliff one of the captains the next week, and Emery didn't release him. What the fuck were they thinking? So that's why I say it's less of a dumpster fire. They did the right thing and got rid of him. To follow that up, Adrian Peterson, before Sunday's game, was downgraded to questionable with some kind of mysterious illness. Nobody knew what was wrong with him. Well, a report came out 
that during the Viking's flight, there was some turbulence, and the bumps in the flight made him swallow his chewing tobacco, and as soon as they landed, he vomited. That is fucking disgusting. They classified it as an illness, and nobody knew what was happening, really, until this came out. Now, Adrian Peterson has refuted this report and said that he ate some bad shrimp. Well, either way, that's fucking disgusting. I'm going to choose to believe it was the tobacco. It more than likely was. Bad shrimp sounds like the excuse that everyone always gives when they're, like, hungover or something. Oh, I got food poisoning. No, you are hungover or Adrian Peterson. You swallowed your chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco is gross to begin with, and then if you swallow it and throw it up, uh, I want no part of that. That'll do it for Sports Appeal. Thanks again for joining us. We're produced by Johnny Five, powered by Hazard Audio, and playing us out is going to be Trumpets by our studio band, Full Service. I'm a sucker for a beat. I'm a human and I have my
Chickity check yourself before you wreck yourself. Big dicks in your ass is bad for your health. Ice Cube gets me. Hazard Audio.